Welcome back, Literary Slummers, to another Morph Monday episode of Shelf Aware. And boy, do I fish this book didn't exist. Wow. (laughs) Upsetting. I told you it was bad. I'm, I don't want to admit that I'm Anna, but I am. I'm Em. (laughs) This week on Shelf Aware, we're discussing Animorphs number 32, The Separation by K.A. Applegate. And Mm -hmm. I think maybe just K.A. Applegate. Seriously, this was so bad. <laughs> really? I didn't hate it. Oh my god. I hated I hated this book. I hated the last one. I really I I hope the next book, because I did look ahead to see whose POV it was, it's gonna be a Tobias it's one. It's gonna be a Tobias one. It better be good. I'm just oh my god, I'm exhausted with these children. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it kind of similar to the last one it's retreading a lot of ground that we've already trod upon um <laughs> but i'm it, tired of trotting here as far as the gimmick goes i felt like it wasn't the worst one we've seen so i don't know it's okay it wasn't again wasn't my favorite it was wasn't certainly one of my new i was like super concerned because i didn't look to see if this was ghostwritten or not i was like why did they ruin my rachel this way what is with all of this like valley girl talk that she's doing but then i caught on to what the gimmick was i was like oh i figured it out don't know if i like this better very early on because i read the back of the book because i was so confused (laughs) and i was like what's happening maybe the back of the book (laughs) how dare you read a brief synopsis of this book (laughs) yeah so it did basically give you the entire twist of what this book was wow so kind of ruined it a little bit that's on me for not doing my homework (laughs) whatever (laughs) i i don't know i've i've come to expect different things from these rachel books now that we've gone through like rachel's personal like not her trials but you know her her tribulations her tribulation yeah (laughs) just the other part of that phrase her tribulations where she was like in the david trilogy you know had her whole like I'm just their killer. That's all they want me for. Is that really who I'm ready to become? And I'm like, okay, so let's just have cool, really badass Rachel all the time. I don't, I don't like, I don't know. I just, this was my least favorite Rachel. Really? Worse than the alligator one? Not my least favorite Rachel book, but my least favorite Uh, interpretation of Rachel as a character. Well, I think it is, it is straight up Applegate. So I don't Uh, And the cover the cover is special to me i feel like this is like a classic animorphs cover that like has been parodied at this point it's the the girl it's real tragic yeah which is hysterical on several levels (laughs) yes uh the graphic designer really just went for it just took that pattern and overlaid it right all over stretched yeah. out her stretched out her hair yeah. to get that starfish shape she definitely went conehead there for a moment the third one the the exact middle one is probably my favorite <laughs> There's a lot to enjoy about it her little toes it looks like like a i don't know just her pose and everything it's like a mm-hmm. Uh, like a like a I don't want to reference that but I can't think. animatronic that's what it looks like mm, mm, yeah I was gonna <laughs> reference Five Nights at Freddy I'm like what are the Five Nights at Freddy things called they're <laughs> called animatronics I also like that this does give us I think the first picture of what their morphing outfit is which it's a swimsuit 
well, it's a leotard. We've heard before. Yeah, yeah. looks like it's from which Leotard. usually they're not in their morphing outfits on the cover. Yeah, they're usually in lots of layers of clothing. Yeah. And I guess they were like, well, it's a swimsuit because of the beach. But in the book, it specifically says that she takes it like she takes out her outer layers and is walking around the beach field trip in this outfit. Can you imagine being the only child on the field trip walking around in this leotard? <laughs> I can. Rachel can pull off anything. She's beautiful. She's powerful. She's brave. <laughs> couldn't be me. No, I, I couldn't do it. Couldn't pull it off. Rachel? Yes, Rachel definitely could, 100%. Look at look at her smug face. Uh, I know we're talking a lot about the cover of a book that you guys cannot see right look now. Look it up, guys. Look it up. We've got a lot to discuss here. She looks so smug. She's like, I'm beautiful, and I know it. And that gross kid, Benji, also knew it. Honestly, I feel that, like, us saying Animorph Star, star Kid, that's not correct, Starfish cover, that's not. <laughs> people know what we're talking about. Because I think this is, like, an iconic Animorphs cover mm-hmm, that people mm-hmm. remember. Mm-hmm. I mean, how could you not? It's going to haunt my dreams for mm-hmm. a long, long time. That second picture where there's just like the hint of her face yeah. right before she becomes full starfish is just. I also really like the fact that like on all of these, the final animal picture, they have the cutout that you can see the next page of the book. Yes. So you can see the inside illustration, but usually it's the animal's face. And on this one, starfishes don't have face. Starfy, starfishies. Um, they don't have faces, so it's just uh, the middle of a starfish. <laughs> There's just a hole in it. It's really good. Love Amazing. it. Oh, so good. Uh, like I said in the last Morph Monday episode, I'm just like, I'm so burnt out right now on these morphing children. I just... Mm. I need a change of pace. I need I need some hard, hard plot. And I think that might be coming in the next Tobias book, because... Mm. I don't want to spoil too much, but you'll hear a little bit about it in this book. But um, I also need more Rachel and Tobias action. Like, I come into these books, I'm like, finally, we get to hear about top supreme couple Tobias-Rachel, but I get cheated every time. I think maybe we are experiencing the issue that many people who get into fandoms for children experience, where they... <laughs> They're like, wait, you mean this isn't for me, an adult? This isn't? Oh, my God. They're not going to. This isn't going to cater to my wants and desires? I know. Why? Why? And I think, again, I think I went through that about 10 books ago, and now I've kind of leveled out where I'm like, oh, I'm just riding the wave. I'm just, Mm. let's go. We had that kiss in the Megamorse books, and in this one, Rachel Rachel is still like, I don't know if Tobias and I are really dating. I don't want to make him sad if I don't go flying with him, but also, like, I want to go shopping. Okay, but there were extraordinary that circumstances was, in this. I suppose. <laughs> mean, mean, impulsive Rachel really did let her thoughts fly that she said, Tobias, my love. Uh, I, I was trying to figure out how that line was supposed to be delivered. Was that supposed to be sarcasm or was that serious? I don't know. We'll get to I it. Think, I think it was like a villain saying yeah. goodbye to their childhood love. She's like, I'm sorry, Tobias, my love. It's just not meant to be. I must choke the life out of you now. I was kind of reading it more snarky, like, sorry, Tobias, my love, like that sort of vibe. Oh, like, no. oh, you dummy. But then I was like, no, I think that's giving mean Rachel too. We got to talk about what happens in this book because we we're talking about shit that we do. To be honest, I don't <laughs> I don't really do the summary much justice because I was like so over mm-hmm. it. But we'll fill in the gaps with our commentary as we always do. No, I'm not going to say anything this episode. Well, that's fine. You already <laughs> did. 
<laughs> for the rest alive. of the episode, Anna. <laughs> Starting now. I mean now. Starting now. Rachel is at the beach <laughs> on a field trip <laughs> with the rest of her class. She loses an earring her dad got her. Um, I guess he bought them for her in Portugal and mean Rachel later on in the book is like he got them for you because he's never around. It's like a guilty thing. It's kind of sad. Sorry, Rachel. Uh, she loses the earring in a tidal pool and decides to acquire and morph into a starfish to find the earring, um, which is cool until she remembers that like starfish don't have faces. So she can't really like see the earring. So she has to fumble around until she feels it. Um, she finds it, but then some little boy comes along and chops her in half with his shovel. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> uh, Rachel hurriedly demorphs before she dies. But guys, you know that thing that starfish can do where they regenerate their limbs? Rachel demorphs twice. That's right. <gasps> there are two Rachels. Dream. The conceit of this book is that both halves of the starfish demorphed into two separate Rachels and one got her nice valley girl preppy only cares about looks part of Rachel and the other got monstrous angry I just want to fight and kill Rachel as we all know the anger is stored in the lower half of the body so <laughs> yeah. you are cut off that's why Rachel stomps everywhere she goes I mean I guess I guess the conceit would be if <sighs> I'm trying to apply logic to this, and it simply cannot be applied. It slides off like water off of a anamorph morphed into a duck's back. <laughs> but I, I suppose the conceit is when he chopped her in half, it mm-hmm. chopped through the center, which was would be like the brain. Her I brain. Guess. <laughs> um, and so... I guess half of the person out. Well, I mean, I there is. This is gonna. This is gonna get me in trouble with certain psychologists who listen to this podcast. <laughs> there is something about like, I know a lot of the left side, right side has been disproven and whatever. But there is something about like different parts of the brain, because like that's like why the the prefrontal cortex is like a thing, right? That's like. So maybe it chopped yes. like her prefrontal cortex off, or except that's not fully developed now, anyway. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how this this little kid got it so precise that he cut her brain into nice and mean, <laughs> but he did a really good job. Um, if you got split in half, what would your two personalities be? What would they be? Because it's not just nice and mean with Rachel. It's like. Mm-hmm. impulsive and fighty and mean and yeah and strategic nice and, and long-term memories and scared <laughs> right 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 and likes to shop and doesn't like to shop mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um i don't know knowing me it would just be like the anxious part of me that makes me do things mm. and then the sad lazy depressed part of me that makes me not want to do things <laughs> so Really two good halves there. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> How about you? What would your two halves be? Um trying to think of something funny. Mm-hmm. But I can't. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> the part of the me, funny part of you obviously got split up somewhere else. <laughs> I was gonna say the part of me that makes bad jokes. And the part of me that realizes those jokes are bad and so just doesn't say anything. (laughs) There isn't an actually funny part. It's just the part that thinks it's funny. (laughs) 
It's the gusto with which they are said. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and really, that's so brave of you. You're so brave, brave to make these bad, bad jokes. <laughs> The group decides to kindly name them Nice Rachel and Mean Rachel, which I'm sure does not add any fuel to the fire that is having two Rachels around already. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously there's there's a lot of problems that arise out of there being one good Rachel, nice, good, like good behavior Rachel and mean, not so good behavior Rachel. Like one Rachel... Um, wants to go shopping at the mall and go to school and loves her daddy. And the other Rachel wants to literally kill a child named Benji and also <laughs> kill Jake and take over the Animorphs and also kill Marco, probably. <laughs> they both love Tobias, though. <laughs> I think what we're learning here is that because we, we understand that these are both in Rachel. So Rachel yes. does oh, yes. want to kill the other animals. She just represses Jake, it. I mean, Rachel really does hate her cousin Jake and wishes <laughs> really? she were the leader of the animals. And that's a move we all support. <laughs> Another issue that arises in this book, she also thinks her cousin Jake is cute, which is yes, something that I, nice oh Rachel my God. goes through, is that she thinks all of the boys in the animals are cute except for Axe. Except Axe, who's scary. Which is, which is an interesting turnabout from what we've usually heard, which is everybody saying Axe is so beautiful in his human form, and Rachel doesn't comment on that, which I think leads credence to the fact that it's mainly Jake who thinks Axe is beautiful in his human form. Yep. Probably because it looks so much like Rachel. <laughs> God. <laughs> These cousins are gross. They need to stop commenting on how attractive the other okay, one is. but it wasn't just like this wasn't just us being weirdos reading like no she said she was like if he wasn't my cousin yes and then her father comments on it too her father because she calls ew she calls she's like on a conversation with her dad and like they're having this whole thing and he thinks she's having boy trouble and she says oh i can't tell you jake would be so mad and he goes what you're dating jake your cousin like that would even be a possibility (laughs) what (laughs) What? (laughs) Your cousin whose grandpa G just died and whose other cousin mysteriously disappeared? She's taking advantage of him while he's mourning. Oh my god. Uh, So so Eric has told the Animorphs that there is a super important anti-morphing ray that the Yerks are developing. And they're hiding it in a building that's like what is it? The Buyer's Research Institute, which is supposed to be like the Consumer Resource Report or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, they're hiding it inside there. And I guess it like when it shoots it, I don't I couldn't tell if it like creates a certain radius in which you cannot morph or if you get shot with it, then you can't morph or if you're morphed, it will unmorph you. I don't I didn't. It didn't I don't matter. Know if it None of it's going to be. There was a lot ever. of questions. No, I think it's I think it's the plot of the next book, actually. Oh, is it? Um hmm yeah i did read because because the way this book ends and then the next book is a tobias pov i did like read a page or two wow. of the preview and it is mentioned in the first few pages so i just assumed it was the typical animorphs MacGuffin where it will only matter in this book but yeah no they me. actually mentioned a super important scary sounding thing and they're gonna follow through it's amazing mm-hmm. um so the bandalites have to go and infiltrate this building so they can steal the anti-morphing ray. Because, you know, stealing a prototype is the same thing as destroying the plans to build it. Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay, both Rachels, you have to stay home so you can't ruin this mission for us. And nice Rachel's like, of course I will stay at home. And so 
There's like this little scene where they're both in the house and Mean Rachel's like, you have to sleep on the floor because I deserve the bed and you don't. And Nice Rachel's like, okay, well, I'm going to call daddy, I guess, and tell him about the Bandalites and the Yerks because daddy always solves everything. And Mean Rachel's like, okay, whatever. And she goes and sneaks out and fucks up the plan majorly. So... She shows up to this building and she sees, I think it's supposed to be like, you know, the, the, the truck that drives the cars to the different lots. And it's like the two tiers of car just hanging precariously from this truck bed. Um, she finds one of those and she starts driving it around and like runs over people. She starts driving it around and as a grizzly bear, as a, but I want to talk about the specific, how she gets this car to go, because it is yet another entry into K.A. Applegate does not understand measurements. Because what she says is that she couldn't find the key to it, but she found out that shoving a six-inch bear claw into the ignition will make it go. First off, bear claws don't get that big. Secondly, ignitions aren't that big. So what was she doing? What was she actually... Also, that's... Oh, ooh. Well, and also, how is that... How does that make it go? That's not even quiche... No. It's not- nothing. I think it, it was supposed to be like tough, like, oh, she just stabbed it until it worked, but that's not how cars work. That's not how cars you go. You can't just stab a thing until it goes. I would I would more I would more believe like she kicked it until it went. Like maybe mm-hmm. she kicked the steering shaft and it, the wires touched. I don't know how to hotwire a car. I don't either, but I, <laughs> I don't know, know if that's, that's obvious not stabbing not. the ignition. I know <laughs> you can't just stick a sharp object into a hole and hope it turns something on. But also, like, But also a bear claw that's six inches long. The whole thing. The whole thing. The bear claw's not six (laughs) inches long. That's like this. You guys can't see it. I'm doing an exact interpretation of six inches with my hand, though. I did look it up, and some bear claws do get to five inches long on the long side. But even if we assume that this is some incredibly gifted bear with extra long claws... Because it's mean. It's the mean grizzly bear because it's part of mean range. Right, so right. it's really long claws. But the ignition wouldn't be six inches deep. Like, <laughs> also, yeah. <laughs> so what are we doing here? I don't know. <laughs> Has K.A. Applegate ever seen a ruler? Like, does she know <laughs> what an inch is? No, no. She's only seen illustrations of rulers. <laughs> and they're not always to scale. I was going to make a Bean Dad reference about her not being good at spatial configuration, but that's going to be so dated. That'll be dead to the internet by the time this airs. Not a timely reference anymore, sadly. Um, (laughs) So the Bandalites are sneaking into this place. They're going in stealthily, and they they have set off alarms, fire alarms, to draw the Hork-Bajir away. Rachel hears these alarms and assumes that the the bandalites are in trouble so she drives this truck first of all and runs over a bunch of hork and then when the truck crashes one of the cars falls off and it's like a silver mercedes convertible and then she goes to drive that around and is just running people over um and she's like yahoo yahee i'm doing it i'm doing a kill lots of killing and then it like cuts to black essentially and it picks up where like Mean Rachel is waking up nice Rachel. And she's like, can you believe those fuckers yelled at me? I fucking hate those guys. I'm going to fucking kill Jake. And then I'm going to be the leader of the Bandalites. And then they'll have to do whatever I say. And <laughs> nice Rachel's like, what did you do? What happened? 
And Mean Rachel's like, I tore shit up. I killed bitches. One of them cut off my arm. I picked up my arm and started beating him with it. Like, she just (laughs) was like, I like this. I like this girl. I think we need this energy. (laughs) And Nice Rachel's like, ew, that sounds gross and scary. I hate it. And she starts crying or something, probably. So, (laughs) um... So, yeah, this because this kind of displays the problem with Nice and Mean Rachel is that Nice Rachel got all of the long-term memory and strategizing and sense of duty, but she can't form short-term memories and I guess is, like, afraid of everything. And Mean Rachel can only act on impulse and completely lacks the ability to plan. So everyone is pissed off at Mean Rachel for obvious reasons, but they're also all mad at Nice Rachel because Nice Rachel is afraid of everything and refuses to morph because it is gross and scary. (laughs) (laughs) So they're both useless to the Vandalites and they also miss regular Rachel. Um, But I I imagine also it's more like, ooh, we admire both of these traits in this girl, Um, but they both seem like gross things (laughs) outside, (laughs) like when they're not together. (laughs) I mean, I think that that is true of a lot of traits, right? It's all the very, like... Hamartia sort of bullshit where it's like okay anything yeah. in in excess is not great <laughs> this is true if it encompasses your whole personality yeah. then yeah um so mean rachel skips school nice rachel goes to school and cassie's like yo nice rachel meeting my barn after school will be there be square go to the meeting basically the meeting is like what do we do about mean rachel and um they're talking mad shit about her and then all of a sudden mean rachel's like i was here the whole time morphed as a cockroach bitches and she just starts wailing on people which though that does kind of seem like she does understand long-term plans right if she was you would think yeah able i mean like i know they ha- i think they have she was able to hide up there where she's like oh i got here before everyone i guess i'll just become a cockroach for funsies so maybe it's not that long term but still once you're like, I don't know. I felt like that was kind of like, okay. Yeah, to like wait and hear what they have to say as opposed mm-hmm. to just immediately attacking. Yeah. But she does. She like, she she punches Jake in the face and she grabs Tobias as a hawk and she grabs him around his neck and uses him as a hostage. And she punches Jake in the face while he's a tiger, right? Like, or is that yes. later? Yeah, Jake morphs into a tiger to handle her. And, <laughs> and she she's just, just punches a tiger. And he's just like, yes, like which the way is he describes amazing. it. Is him just standing there and being like, stop. No. Stop. This is Rachel, Yeah, stop he's like, it. he's very annoyed. Like, it's not at all anything. Um, it's it's not productive in the least bit. Like, no one's getting hurt except me and Rachel. It's very like, like when I um, very briefly worked as a moving statue at Kings Island, people used to punch me all the time. Usually what? they were drunk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People used to punch me, like, all the time because they were drunk. Oh, my God. And they'd be like. They'd come up and they'd be like, huh, she's not real. And then punch me. And oh, my God. <laughs> the thing about that is if I was a real person, you're very mean. You just punched a real person. If I'm a statue, you just punched a statue and you're an idiot. Where's the win there? <laughs> Hold on. We need to talk about the fact that you <laughs> told me you used to be you used to get punched on the job frequently yeah. in the Halloween season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, because it was like, it was only one Halloween season that I worked it. Okay. Um, but it was like, the problem with those those mazes is that it's you a maze. You were a teenager. So you, I was a teenager, yes. Oh I was God. 17. I got punched on the job all the time. Drunk adults came and punched you. <laughs> yes. And also, for my breaks, because 
it was a maze. So like there was not a supervisor in a certain, like you could not go get a supervisor because there was not a spot where the supervisor was. Right. But in addition, they also, we were too far away from the break room to allow us to have like actual breaks. So for our legally mandated breaks, I went and sat in one of the crypts in the maze and like just sat there (laughs) drinking my water. As and like had to like hide from the like like you oh had to God. crouch down under the window so that people couldn't actually see you and think that you were like oh, what still a nightmare. Yeah. yeah, it was great. I love that job. I would do it again. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We can. I just like take a moment to absorb this information that I did not realize because I've heard I've heard you talk about this before because your your big story about it has always been like you were sleeping you weren't actually a, a statue you were well even you were a statue but you were good at it because you were sleeping is what I don't think said. I ever said that did yeah I? you told me yeah you said because you fell asleep and you were a really good statue oh I don't remember <laughs> but really the story was you got punched yeah sometimes I mean it would it would vary I also <laughs> had like I had a lot of gimmicks as a statue like I had this thing with one of the zombies where I would mm-hmm. stand at a crossroads because like by the time they got to me in the maze it was like the third or fourth moving statue so I couldn't scare people really anymore because oh, they yeah, like yeah. knew there were moving statues right so like mm-hmm. what I would do is I'd stand at the crossroads and point one direction that the zombie was hiding in and everybody would go by and be like oh the statue's saying to come this way and then they would go and the zombie would pop out and scare them and while they were looking at her i'd point the other direction (laughs) and then she'd pop out and yell hey you can't go this way and they'd be like but the statue said and they'd turn around and i'd be pointing the other way and it always got a laugh (laughs) amazing (laughs) (laughs) sounds fun small possibility of getting punched on the job it's fine it's fine uh mean rachel throttles hawk tobias like a chicken and shakes him around she's like sorry my love i need to use you as a hostage i guess uh they all talk her down uh, nice Rachel also admits to herself that she, well, no, she doesn't, she admits to that laugh. She admits to Marco that she thinks he's cute and would go out with him. And so Mar- gross, gross Marco is like, sweet, Tobias can have mean Rachel and I'll have nice Rachel and we'll both get to date Rachel. <laughs> what? <laughs> and Tobias never like, never interjects. He seems to be fine with that arrangement. He's never like, whoa, both Rachels are mine, Marco. I think that Marco, like Rachel brings it up that everybody's cute early and then, mm-hmm later when Marco's hitting on her is at school. So I think that Tobias mm-hmm. is not aware of it, maybe. Okay. I couldn't remember when exactly these events happened, but poor Tobias. It was kind of a continuing like joke throughout the book, but I think when Marco was like actually putting the moves on her was at school. I'm not sure, though. <laughs> I just feel bad for him. <laughs> for who? For Tobias. Oh, I thought you meant Marco, and I was like, why? No, I've never felt bad for Marco ever, except when he had to kill his mom. <laughs> Back to the morphing ray. The year set up an obvious trap for the Bandalites involving the movement of the anti-morphing ray. It, the, the jig is up at the Byers Research Institute. Um, so they have to they have to hide the morphing ray away. So their plan is there are three trucks. They're all leaving a location at the same time, going in three different directions, and the ray is in one of them, but they don't know which. So they have to follow all three trucks. Jake is like, nice, Rachel, we need you on this mission because there's not enough bandalites otherwise, and mean Rachel, you can't come. 
<laughs> and to ensure that mean Rachel doesn't follow them, Axe knocks her unconscious with his tail. <laughs> They're like, Whoosh, fuck that bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> they don't do anything to restrain her, though, um, I because they're like, well, she'll just morph into a bear. So, like, what, how can we point? restrain her? So they just leave her there in the barn, knowing that she'll probably try and catch up with them. The barn Jake, full of cages. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Like, I feel like there were. Though I guess she. Options. No, because she would have to morph big before she could morph small again. It's like she mm-hmm. just. Yeah. They done goofed. Yeah. I feel like they had options. They did. Yeah. Jake and Nice Rachel land on top of one of the trucks as owls, and then Jake's like. It's my favorite time of day. We got to become cockroaches, baby. baby. (laughs) So, of course, they have to become cockroaches. And Nice Rachel's like, ew, ew, I hate it. It's so gross. And Jake's like, it's your duty. And Nice Rachel's like, duty, 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 duty. This resonates with me. I got the duty part of the brain. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. very funny <laughs> duty <laughs> so they become cockroaches uh but the yerks have anticipated this because they're finally fucking learning and they release a spray that knocks bugs unconscious i think and they collect all the bugs that fell off the truck i guess <laughs> so jake and rachel regain consciousness and they are trapped in these little boxes inside the truck inside somewhere. a warehouse somewhere. It doesn't somewhere. really say. I don't know. It was like two different chambers because so I don't know. I don't know mm. what was going on. And there's a clock in this chamber that they're in and it's like counting down the time and Jake's like, all right, nice Rachel, just chill. They're just, they're trying to scare us with these tactics. There's probably all of a lie. So all we need to do is just, they don't know we're humans just, or they don't know we're bandalites. Stay as bugs. Don't say anything. And nice Rachel immediately like scream thought speeches to everyone. Help, help. I'm here. Let me out of this little box that you've put me in. And she's like, oh my fucking God. Why did we bring her? So the Hork-Bajir are all like, yeah, we're going to squish some bugs. But they're saved by mean Rachel, who shows up as her Hork-Bajir morphs, and she fights the three Hork-Bajir away. Before they, but there's like lots of stomping, and she's like, oh, no, I hope I didn't kill any of the Bandalites, but oh, well, if I did. Um, nice Rachel gets out of the box that she's in, and uh, she and... Mean Rachel are con- well. No, hold on, back up. I didn't. I wasn't very precise in these notes, like I usually am. I was just like, "This is shows up." <laughs> uh, nice Rachel gets out, and she and Mean Rachel are kind of like having it out a little bit. And then Visser Three shows up, and he's like, "Haha, we've got you now. You're trapped in this room, and the one thing that." Andalites are afraid of sexy Andalites that I know you are. The one thing you're afraid of is being confined to a small space. So, like, the roof starts sinking and caving in. I'm like, okay, I don't know if it's the fear. Of, like, I don't think it's claustrophobia. I think it's the fear of getting squished. <laughs> so, like... Is there a difference? <laughs> I mean, eventually, at some point, no. Eventually, <laughs> the space is too small. You cannot fit in it comfortably before you die. <laughs> like, I mean, like, I don't have claustrophobia, but what is the, like... Like, what is the concern there, I guess? I don't know. Isn't it? Is it just, I don't like small spaces? Like, 
like being confined, I guess. I don't yeah. know. Does it feel like because I always kind of, I guess, maybe incorrectly in my brain assumed that that was what the thing was because that's what I like about small spaces is like, because I, I like have the opposite of claustrophobia where I'm like, yes, give me a tiny area that I can like, I used to hide in my closet all the time as a kid, which, you know, is funny on several levels, but uh, <laughs> in retrospect, <laughs> but like, I really like, like reading in my closet because it was like a tiny space and it, mm-hmm. it made me feel safe, like the womb. But like, is, oh, that, yes. is that like, the thing like that they're afraid that it will squish them or i don't know if it's that or just like the inability to move comfortably Mm. or to feel like you're stuck in a spot or it feels like the walls are closing in i don't know (laughs) something with claustrophobia right in and tell us all about your your phobia how do you feel when you're in a tiny box trapped (laughs) in there with no way out um (laughs) please don't that's triggering (laughs) don't do that (laughs) um the ceiling starts caving in and nice Rachel and mean Rachel team up and they defeat Visser three with logic logic nice Rachel's like he needs our bodies so he won't really squish us and so the plan here is that they pretend they're gonna kill themselves <laughs> and Visser three's like no 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 don't nope, do that no no nope. uh-uh. <laughs> and he lets them go and Jake's Which, like, I was here as a cockroach the whole time. I was hiding between your hook-bajir toes. <laughs> and they were like, why didn't you say anything? He's like, you guys had to learn how to work together. You had to work together. You had to work together. And I was enjoying being a cockroach too Yeah, much. he was like, oh, I got a little bit lost in the fantasy. I let the bug <laughs> mind take over. It was very soothing. <laughs> um, and then Eric electrocutes them as they're acquiring each other's DNA and they morph back into one person. I guess, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> whatever it didn't fucking matter and then and then uh cassie's like rachel do you need to talk about it let's go and like go to the mall or something and rachel's like actually tobias and he's like yes yeah, i baby, too here for you. am two people <laughs> let us as one mean girl and one nice girl go with this one boy one hawk they fly <laughs> away the same thing it's the exact same situation he's They're- the only one who can understand <laughs> so then that's why when i saw the next book was a tobias pov i was like is this gonna just like dive right into it mm-hmm. but no it i don't it doesn't we, we gotta, i guess we skipped that little scene for, now. for that scene yeah 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 oh man what a book what a book what a book oh, who's your most valuable morph in this one um this might be a controversial pick but i'm gonna go with jake yuck I know, but here's the thing. Yuck. He had the attitude that I want from Jake in most books in this book, where he's just take no bullshit. Yeah. Like, very actually the leader. Last book, I think, was the worst we've seen of Jake being like, everything we've been told about Jake. Oh, he's such a good leader. He makes the hard choices. No, he doesn't. This book was like... He was decisive. He was saying, mean Rachel, you're staying. Nice Rachel, you're going. He had that whole funny bit with Rachel punching him as a tiger. and as him being like, Yeah, that's true. Stop punching me as a tiger, dummy. Uh, I liked it. I was here for it. I think Jake is best when he is in the background a little bit. When he's I not agree. the focus. When, yeah, yeah. When he's like a leader be, like because the people look to him, but all of the turmoil mm-hmm. is within the others. Yes. Mm-hmm. I agree. 
But if he was a little bit more like Honor Harrington. <laughs> I mean, honestly. <laughs> uh, with a psychic cat. <laughs> he could, he's his own psychic cat, though. Oh, my God. He, just has to he really is. And then he's a psychic cat. <laughs> um, I think my pick is going to be Mean Rachel. Oh, all right. All right. <laughs> Girl got shit done. She I did. liked her attitude. Um, you know, I, she, she ruffled some feathers and I think that's what a good leader does. Okay. But I will bring up the, something that was glossed over in the summary that when she goes uh-huh. to a te- like they're all on the plan and she's left behind with nice Rachel and then she goes and mm-hmm. whatever and fucks it up with the car. Mm-hmm. They're like, no, you fucked up the plan because we yes. had a plan and you ruined the whole thing. Yes. Our plan was to sneak and you just charged in you, there and let them know we were here. You ruined the sneaking. But, you know, growth. <laughs> I also <laughs> We all sh- make mistakes where we accidentally true. get all of our friends killed. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. I also <laughs> want to give a shout out to Tobias in this book just because he did... Mm do the thing that I want all the animorphs to do, which was be knives when they were in. The... Yes, he was. Yes, <laughs> Rachel, he was mean Rachel was like, I was proud of Tobias for getting off a good morph before they entered battle. She was like, he finally did it. <laughs> he did the right thing. He, he was wasn't nice. just a hawk in battle. He, he became a morph and that gave him some sort of like, um, immortality almost. <laughs> <laughs> Immunity from any harm. All right, uh, so we did most more. Did you have a morbid moment this week? Mm, I did not like the part where Rachel is like, I have been severed in half by a shovel by a Same. little boy. Same. He's cut me in half. <laughs> K.A. Like Applegate sure loves the vor, doesn't mm. she? She just I don't likes... think that's vor, actually. Which one is vor? Is just when you're gore eating. Then. Yeah. Oh, okay, got, yeah, it's just gore then. Unless that little boy did eat. Um, I think we can definitively say he did because they both morphed <laughs> into that was the whole plot of the book. Okay, here's was, some vor think, for you. Yeah, I think there was some vor in this book though, because I think that Yes. Uh-huh. That one was also gross where Rachel okay, so I did also gloss over this. Mean Rachel, before we understand the gimmick fully, um, Rachel, mystery Rachel goes to meet Tobias in the woods for their daily after school flight and she becomes her eagle and she's like must kill kind of like how David was um and she went and she like scooped up a fish and she just like eats it while it's still alive and she like she's like I bit into his heart and that's when it stopped beating now I don't think I hate to get nitpicky on this but I don't think that would actually technically be vor either I was thinking of a different one which Mm -hmm. might actually have been in another book so that might have been my bad lord but technically i don't think that would be vor because you have to still be alive like fully the whole thing has to be eaten uh, for it to be vor. Well, like you it's going down the like that's what vor is is you are having fantasies of getting eaten so you still have to be cognizant so it was gross that she bit out the heart uh, but i think what there were was you a, thinking of then i think there was a moment in this book and it could be the I other one vor is i'm gonna google this real quick hold on what is vor it I, I cannot believe you're doubting me on No, a I'm not. I just I just kink. want the I want the dictionary definition of vor. I did not let's see. What's the definition of vor? Not war. I said vor. I said I very strongly enunciated that V. Fuck you, good vor. I'm gonna have to definition. type it now. I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to have to type. It's being lazy. 
vorophilia, an erotic desire or sexual fantasy to be cons- to be consumed okay. or to Here's my other. mistake. Did not know it was a sexual thing. Oh yeah. Hardcore. <laughs> that, that's all I understand that fully now. Join us next week for our new podcast, Is It Vor? <laughs> what was your example of it in the Animal series then? <laughs> I mean, there have been several vorings in this book. Or in this okay. series. But I think there was one in either this book or the last one where one of them fly. Yeah, it's in this book because that's how they eventually get out is one of them flies into Visser 3's mouth and is like, says something oh, about in like. The, yes, mm-hmm. in the, yeah, and whispers to him while she's in there. She's and like, I'm going to demorph. I'm going to demorph in your, your fucking mouth. head. I'm going to explode <laughs> your head. And he's like, you will also die. And she's like, I'm willing to do I don't it. give a shit. I don't give a shit. I'm going to. That was very vory of being one creature inside um, another creature's mouth talking to that creature. My thing, I think I thought vor was just like the like the fetishization fetishization of uh, violence in general. Mm. I didn't realize it was I I was dumb. <laughs> I didn't know what the word meant and I used it and that's on me. <laughs> but now I know and we will have is it vor coming to you next week? There you go. We're dropping this podcast entirely to focus on vor. <laughs> we will be starting our vor podcast. Oh my god, Anna vor. This is this is what <laughs> being on dating apps for like nearly a decade does to you. It's just you know all of the kinks. Yeah, like yeah. You really have like opened my eyes to a lot mm-hmm. of these things that I didn't know about. Yeah. I'm nice, Rachel. <laughs> I'm mean, Rachel. And, and I'm not implying anything for. about you, but I'm nice, Rachel. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what are your series theories then going forward? Um, I don't think I had any for this book. Mm. I think it was, I felt pretty self-contained. Uh, it really did. This was another one of those that I was just like, pluck it out of the series. Doesn't mm-hmm. need it. I mean, like I said, I think it was, I think if I was a child buying this at the Scholastic Book Fair, I would not be like upset that I had spent my one ninety nine or whatever on it. Four ninety nine. I'm sorry. Yeah. For, the the $5 that you left the house mm-hmm. with that morning. Yeah. But it's not one that I'd be like, you have to read this as an Animorph fan. I remember the Scholastic Book Fair came to my junior high, mm. um, which I feel like was a little bit old for that, but they what, did. What year did your junior high cover? Six through nine. No, seven through nine. Sorry. Mm. Yeah. Mm. But the reason I know it was in junior high was because I was at the time best friends with this girl. I won't say her name on the podcast, but she did steal from the Scholastic (gasps) Book Fair. Oh, my God. She was like, you just do it like this. And she just like walked by and scooped. She didn't even look at what book it was. She just scooped it off the shelf and walked away. And I was like, holy shit, that's hard. (laughs) And she did it like three or four times. And then we read the books. What books? You don't remember what books they were, though? I think one was like, shoot, it's is it called City of Masks? I remember. Oh, I remember yes, yes, the yes, cover. Yes, yes. It's a purple cover with mm-hmm. the silver mask on it. Mm-hmm. City of Masks was definitely one of them. And I don't know, kind of ironic that that's the one they stole. She stole because it's like about a thief, isn't it? I think that that would be the that'd be like the opposite of irony. Yeah, isn't yeah. it ironic? Isn't it ironic? Thanks, Alanis. It's like rain <laughs> on your wedding day. You're stealing books from Scholastic Book Fair. That's exactly how she was singing. Yeah. Um. Anyway, never saw any animals books there to steal, though. 
I would hope that someone old enough to be in junior high and also to be stealing books from the Scholastic Book Fair wouldn't steal Animorphs books. I feel but like... if you're just plucking from random. That's true. Mm. But I think even... Because if I'm thinking of the same book that you're thinking of, it's a fairly hefty book for a Scholastic Book Fair book. Yeah, it's a, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, hardcover. Yeah. So and... I feel like that's really... Like, you would go for the bigger books, right? You would that's know. True. Yeah, you would go... Maybe yeah, a Megamorph, you... but you wouldn't be stealing one of these, Yeah, you know, no, little no, thin no. Animorph books. You would know that's for, you know, the youngsters. Mm-hmm. One year they sold Pokemon cards at our Scholastic Book Fair. Mm-hmm. They always sold, like, that kind of, like... I, I don't think we ever got Pokemon cards. That's the good stuff. But, like, they always had, you know, like, erasers and, like, yes. little toys and stuff up at the yeah, front. Yeah, and those pencil grips and, yeah. yeah. I yeah. always wanted to get those, but then it's like, hmm. But what about the books? What about the books? I could get two books, or I could get one book and lots of pencils. That's true. Hard My decision. school also had those vending machines that sold pencils. Oh, we did not have those. Oh, so that was always a thing. Like, if you used all of your lunch money, you could have lunch, but you could also use it to buy pencils. <laughs> You could Lunch get like a bag pencils. of chips and mm. some pencils, and then you'd have some cool glitter pencils. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, <laughs> uh, we did not. I don't think in junior high we could take cash with us and to have for lunch or elementary oh. school. Like we had to load it onto a card with like a check or. Yeah, we we did both. I think we you could have like a check or you could mm. do cash. So in like high school, I think we could do cash, but. So that was always remember. that was always the grift, right? Of like, you have to tell your parents you got lunch money, and yeah, you lunch money, and then just mm-hmm. kept it. <laughs> yeah, a wink. My parents also were very unaware of how much our lunch actually cost. I think because like they, by the time we got to high school, they'd always give us like the bare minimum for a lunch, and like the way the high school lunch was like a la carte, so like you couldn't actually yeah. get a full lunch for like the oh, amount no. they gave you. I was thinking it was the other way around, nah. like the Lucille Bluth. Like, it's just one banana, Michael. What could it cost? <laughs> I fully used to steal quarters out of the uh, little dish that they had full of lunch money so that I could buy, like, food. <laughs> oh, s- First you get punched at your job. <laughs> then to steal quarters for lunch. M. Now, it might it might possibly be that I'm slightly misremembering this and it was more like the healthy food options were very cheap and then like chips were more and I always wanted chips so I yeah, stole yeah, quarters yeah. but I want the pizza slices mm. cost more I don't want the A lunch or the B lunch yeah exactly the a la carte lunch <laughs> that's how our school worked anyway unless it was Bosco stick day then everybody Bosco, Bosco stick Bosco day, day lunch. yeah everybody got hyped for those I didn't enjoy them yeah, I don't. Looking back on it, I'm like, it was just bread with nasty cheese inside, mm-hmm. and usually the bread was nasty, too. and it was nasty bread. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Marinara can only mask so much. <laughs> I think that might have been what it was. Is that I also didn't like marinara as a kid, so like, uh, it was there was no hiding the nasty. <laughs> it was there in full view. <laughs> Those have been our series theories for animals <laughs> this week. <laughs> I don't know how much of that stays in the episode. We'll see. I hope all of it. This is a very, a very personal stories episode because this book didn't have much meat on the bone. It really didn't. I wanted, I wanted to like it. It was Rachel, and we got to see her at like some of her most interesting 
moments. Like if you really took Rachel apart, what is she? Mm -hmm. But it just didn't dive deep enough into the ideas behind that for me. It was just very like, I don't know. It was again, very same, same. We've seen this conflict before of Rachel having the hard side and the shopping side. (laughs) And how do we get the two of them to get along? (laughs) Through Tobias, apparently. Yep. Well, Hawk, love. Hawk, love. Uh, I think that's about it for this week. Next week, we're going to be starting Mm -hmm. my new unit uh, with take off your headphones for a second. All right. I will read your lips, though. We'll be starting my new unit with the uh, Sherlock Holmes novel, Sherlock Holmes novel, A Study in Scarlet okay, by just Arthur a bunch of Conan Doyle. I think it's something else. <laughs> okay, you definitely made me start laughing in the middle of that, so it's going to sound really weird when you're not saying anything. Just um, leave all this in, too. It's fine. <laughs> and then the week after that, we'll be back with another Morph Monday with Animorphs. Number 33, The Illusion. The Illusion. The Illusion. Tobias POV. I bet there are no illusions at all. No, probably not. Well, there might be holograms. Chi. We got those guys. That's we true. Could, we could true. shoehorn something in is, here. Is he just the illusion of a boy? <laughs> <laughs> Loving the illusion of a girl. <laughs> the illusion of a boy who is now a hawk. Loving the illusion of a girl who used to like Who's- to shop. <laughs> But now just loves to kill. Now just loves to kill. <laughs> oh my God. In the meantime, <laughs> if you, if you want to tell us any stories about your previous jobs as a high schooler or whether or not you enjoyed your scholastic book fairs, you can tweet at us at shelfawarecast or email us shelfawarecast at gmail.com. As always, thank you to Ben Cope for the use of our theme song. You can check out his YouTube channel in our show notes below. We are also available on all of your favorite podcast aggregating platforms. So if you haven't followed or subscribed to us on one of those, you definitely should. Or else we will send Bean Rachel to your house and she will beat you up like a grizzly bear. (laughs) As a grizzly bear. Like a grizzly bear would beat up someone if they were seeing them. If you use Apple Podcasts, we'd very much appreciate a five-star review. But if you do not, that's all right. Because you're allowed to talk about us anywhere on the internet you would like. Oh, I got This was a big yikes. I forgot to talk about it during the podcast. This is a little bit of a long one. Rachel is having, for context, again, another one with context. Rachel is having a heart-to-heart with her daddy. In the words of K.A. Applegate, a man, he shrieked in my ear, a man? You're going out with a man? Are you seeing a college kid? No, daddy. Duh. That's not what I meant. It's just that he's foreign. An alien? I almost choked Bobo Bear. I lowered my voice to a whisper. How did you know? Well, honey, it's not that big a deal. I mean, my cleaning lady is an alien and she does a great job. Wow, Rachel's (laughs) dad. Wow. (laughs) Sorry to let out a big yawn there because this book exhausted me. (laughs) 